and you're ready to receive. How many of you are ready to receive this morning? Amen. Amen. You know, uh, anytime that God wants to do something in your life, and he always wants to do something in our lives, there must always be a spirit of anticipation that God is going to speak to you. We believe here that um, God always have a word that is in season that will challenge and inspire you and encourage you in your walk. And so join with me in prayer as we ask the Lord uh, to bless our word today. Father, we do thank you this morning, Lord, for your incredible grace, your incredible love. Father, we thank you for your incredible faithfulness, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have called me, Lord, to preach your word this morning. I feel inadequate in and of myself, and that is a very good place to be. I want to trust only in you, for you are the rock of our salvation. God, you know, Lord, that at times life becomes challenging, and Lord, at times it's hard to get up, Lord, when we've been knocked down a couple of times. But I'm reminded of what you said in your word, that the righteous fall seven times, but they get right back up. God, you've made us fighters in the kingdom, Lord. And so, Father, as we uh, posture our hearts, not just our bodies, but our hearts, God, to hear what you want to say this morning, God, I pray that you would speak in such a way that all of us will know that you spoke to us and that this word will propel us to our destiny and our purpose in you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. I need to kind of start a little bit slow because I'm really, really excited. And uh, again, um, I apologize uh, for the uh, air conditioning. I, I said last week, and it's worth saying again for those who are visiting with us, uh, the school, um, the temperature is not set outside, so the building has been set for the summer months. And so I said last week uh, that if you really want to warm up during a sermon, uh, just say a whole lot of amens, thank you, Jesus, wave your hands, that, and, and, and you will get warmer, I, I promise you. Uh, we have been in a series, and our series have been entitled Forward. Uh, the series have really been designed to encourage all of us to persevere and to press through the obstacles and the challenges that we all face in life. In fact, um, the Apostle Paul reminds us in the book of Timothy, he says to fight the good fight of faith. How many like a good fight? Uh, most people like watching a good fight, but, but most people don't like being in the fight. Whole different story. But um, the reality of it is, is that the Christian life, it, it is a fight. And somewhere along the lines that we kind of come into this thing and somehow, some way, uh, we kind of miss that memo that said that you're in a war. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. The only difference is you've always wrestled against them to some extent. The only difference is now you're in the kingdom and you know about it. You should know about it. And so the enemy wants you to quit in the face of adversity. When you feel like you feel very discouraged in life, discouragement comes in many different forms. Discouragement can come as a result of a failed business venture or broken relationship or prolonged suffering and pain. All of us have moments where we're going to have to deal with discouragement. It will come knocking at your door. But the question is, how do you and I deal with that discouragement when it comes? How will you process it? Are you one of those that looks at adversity and you draw back? You wonder if God is still with you. Sometimes if we're not careful. We can think that God has left us to be all alone and to figure this out all on our own. How many of you have ever felt that way? And it's honest to talk about it. We all felt like giving up. But as I read my Bible and I understand 
the message of the kingdom. And I understand the saints of old that they had to deal with this thing called discouragement and they overcame it. I think of Peter. Peter, he, who denied the Lord. He said, Lord, I will never deny you. Everybody else will, but I never will deny you. He said that with such uh, boldness. And in this moment of temptation, he failed Jesus. And yet Peter overcame to become one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. He became the leader of the apostles. I think of Elijah, who was a man who performed great and many miracles at the hand of God. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in a cage because he is tired, overwhelmed, and he feels like he's all by himself. And he asked the Lord, Lord, can I just die? I mean, no, you're probably in a place of discouragement when you're asking the Lord to die. Elijah, he ponied up, and he continued on in the work that God had for him. I think of Moses after killing an Egyptian, that he became a fugitive, and he had a dream, and God had spoken to him. He knew that he would be the deliverer of God's people. All of a sudden, he kills an Egyptian. He becomes a fugitive. He runs for some 40 years. He's on the backside of a desert, and just thinking that his life was just going to end there until God shows up out of nowhere and says, Moses, I got work for you to do. How do you know God is the God of the second chances? I love that about our God. I think of the Apostle Paul, right? Apostle Paul, great man of God, right? I wrote a third of the New Testament. We read about him almost every week. Apostle Paul went through all kinds of stuff. He was beaten. He was, he was jailed. He, was, he went through all kinds of problems and issues. And yet Paul, even in his midnight hour, while he's sitting in the prison, somehow he encouraged himself and was able to give God praise in the midst of what he was going through. I mean, no, these are some strong men and women of faith. But I want to talk this morning about a man in the Bible that I love. Those of you who've been following us for any length of time, uh, you know that David, I love King David. I love to read about him. I love his life because he was a man after God's own heart. David, strong man of God, the second king of Israel, David, a warrior, a man who had went through so much, and yet God elevated David to the place where it says that Jesus sits on the throne of David. I want to talk about David. David was a man who was anointed by Samuel the prophet. He was in the backyard. We, we estimate that he was somewhere between 15 and 18 years of age. Uh, he gets anointed by Saul, Samuel, I'm sorry, Samuel the prophet Samuel comes to his house and anoints him to be king. King Saul had messed up really, really bad. King Saul was the king of Israel at that time. And God had determined that he was going to raise up another king. So David gets anointed to be the next king. Saul knows about it. And uh, he becomes a little jealous about this thing. How do you know sometimes people get jealous when they think somebody's going to take what's theirs? And King David ended up confronting Goliath. How do you know, remember the story about Goliath? Uh, David confronts Goliath, who is this giant, and everybody else was scared of Goliath but David. David was a warrior. David killed Goliath. And when David killed Goliath, the people in the street began to celebrate. David killed his 10,000 when Saul just killed 1,000. Saul heard that. Saul got upset. Saul got mad. And Saul then tried to kill David. Saul was summoning David to come in his presence. And David was a musician. He could sing. He could play the harp. David was a, mu he was a music man. He knew how to worship. And so Saul got so jealous of David that David would be sitting there just at the table eating, and Saul would take his javelin and hurl it at him and try to kill him because he was so jealous. David then, getting a word from Jonathan, Jonathan was the son of Saul, and David and Jonathan was very, very good friends. David got a word from Jonathan that my dad, King Saul, wants to kill you. So David now becomes a fugitive for years. Now, mind you, I want you to hold this thought after he gets anointed to be king. I want you to stay right there. And so David now becomes a fugitive, and Saul hunts him down like a criminal in every part of Israel. 
And anybody who knew where David was and wouldn't tell it, Saul would have him killed. Saul was deranged. He was angry. He was mad because he knew that God had called David to greatness and to a place where he would assume his throne. So David, now he's in his place and he don't know what to do. So David finally says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the land of the Philistines. He had to leave his country. And he joins up with King Achish, who is at that time the king of the Philistines. And King Achish had heard about David because remember David had slain his Goliath. And so King Achish knew about David and they kind of built this affinity and, and, and King Achish gave David a piece of land called Ziglag. Everybody say Ziglag. Y'all stay with me. I have to lay this foundation and you'll, you'll understand it by and by. And so David gets zigzag, and so it comes a point in time, David now in another country, all right? He's in another country running from his own people. So David now is in a place where the Philistines is about to fight Israel, who was their arch enemy at that time, which was David's people. And it was said to David, David, you can come and you can fight with us. But some of the captains and some of the majors said, no, 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 no. We don't want David to fight because David is a Jew and he's going to team up with those folks. I don't want that. Send the boy back. So David now goes back to the little town that they gave him over in the land of the Philistine called Ziglag. And so when David gets back, David finds a place that is devastated. His family, his children, his wives, everything had been taken, burned, and destroyed. Now, if you're David at this point, you realize that he's at a place where he lost everything. Everything that's, think about it. A man who lost his country, a man who went to a foreign land, and he ends up getting land there, and he ends up trying to establish himself, and he loses his wife, his children. Everything is in smoke when he gets back. If I'm David, I might have been thinking, Lord, I, don't, I didn't ask for all of this. God, I mean, ever since that man came with that oil and poured it on my head, I've been in trouble. I did not ask for all of this. How many know what I'm talking about? To make matters worse, King David, the very people that he thought that he could rely on, turned their back on him. The, there were, you see, there were, there were 600 men that were with David. And all of them, they had their kids and families there too. So all of them are grieving and they're in distress and they're in pain because they don't know where their family is. And now they're discouraged. They don't know what's happening. And so the anger and the resentment, guess who they turn it toward? David. So I want you to think, like, think, think with me for a moment that David now, these 600 guys that he was with, that these were people that had, they, 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 they had no reputation. They were just ordinary people. David, David raised them up. David taught them how to be fighters. David shared secrets with them. They were running and hiding in caves with David. I mean, David had built relationships, and now these men too looked David in the face, and not only said that we're mad at you, but we're going to kill you. How I many you know that's a recipe for discouragement? How I many have ever been stabbed in the back? You know what I mean. You know, you know how that feels that you trust somebody, and you thought that they were your friend, and you thought that they were with you, and you thought they were on your side, but, but then you, you, you find out that they have been conspiring with the enemy that they have been talking about you and they have been sabotaging your whole life behind your back. How many know what I'm talking about? It's not a good feeling. 
However you arrive there, when people turn on you, it's never a good thing. People, they find themselves in this place now where these people are hurt in their distress. Look at verse number six at 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now, David was greatly distressed. David was in great pain. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people were grieved. Every man for his sons, his daughters, but, everybody say but. But But David strengthened, everybody say strengthened, himself in the Lord his God. Now, and I want you to think here for a moment that the people David needed support from the most, they turned on him. Everything is looking pretty hopeless at this point. All David has now is a promise in his reality. Everybody say promise. promise. Say reality. reality. How many of you have ever been in a place where you got a promise over here, but your reality is miles away from your promise. Y'all tracking with me. See, your promise represents that dream. Your promise represents that that, that dream, something that God called you to. It's, it's, that, it's that thing that God has put in your heart. It's that, it's that dream, that place that you envisioned that God was going to take you. That's your promise. It's, it's, it's where I believe that I'm supposed to be. That's my promise. But many times we discover in life that our promise is nowhere near our reality. And when we discovered that our promise, how I many know David was anointed to be what? The king of Israel. He knew it and everybody else knew it. But if I'm David, I'm thinking for a moment, this don't look anything like I'm supposed to be the king. Help me with this. You call me a king, God? God, you said you anointed me to be king? How can you be king and I have no people to rule over? You call me commander-in-chief, but my own army have turned their back on me. You call me to be a father and a husband, but I have no wife, I have no children. And I can see some misguided prophet coming to David saying, David, the Lord done left you. Whatever dream you had, David, it's been up in smoke. You see, look at Ziglag. Because what David is looking at is that Everything that I'm hoping and believing God for, at this particular moment, I'm looking at this, and and this doesn't look like anything that I thought, or any place that I thought I would be. We all have been there, right? Where you say to yourself, man, I thought I'd been here, but I found myself over here. And and, and then that's when kind of like discouragement, we like to call it the midlife crisis sometimes, right? You know, it's a midlife crisis I'm going through. You kind of reflect back on your life. You go, oh, man, I should be over here, but yet I'm over here. Then surely God must not be with me. I'm here to tell you that God has never gone anyplace. Somewhere I read in the Bible where he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I know that God is faithful. I know God is faithful, and no matter what it looks like, you must come to grips with the reality that, yes, where God is taking you sometime and where you are right now, it don't look like where you're going to be when it ends up. Wherever you're going to end up at, your present situation don't look like it right now, but that doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. It just means that as God is taking you to the place he wants to take you through, he's going to take you through a couple of bumps in the road because he's preparing you for something. I said he's preparing you. He's pre- you see, the children of Israel, in many ways, before they went into their land of promise, there was a lot of things that they had to learn. Number one, they had to learn to trust God. 
And you know, God is sometimes bring you to a place <laughs> where he will fix it so that the only one that, you, that can help you is him himself. You see, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged, because there's sometimes that people ain't going to be able to bail you out on this one. There's sometimes that you're texting, you're Facebooking, you're e, your, your email, your Twitter, all of that won't help you. And I know we like to put some profound things on Twitter and Facebook. People get deep on Facebook. But you know, there are times in your walk that there's nothing that nobody can do or say that can bail you out. You got to trust God. Because God knows how to wean you. I remember my wife when she was weaning my kids, but they, they boy, they would fight and they would scream because they wanted to stay near her breast. I don't want to leave. And No, no, get off of me. You got to grow up. And if you're going to grow up in God, God has to wean you. He has to bring you to a place where you understand, where you grow up. And, and you realize that God is maturing you. And there come points in time in your life. You see, now understand something about David. I'm probably going ahead of myself. David was destined to be the king. How do you know that what God had promised David was going to come to pass? And I, and I would imagine David probably didn't expect, Lord, if I'm king, I did not expect that I would have to go through all this just to be king. God, why can't you just fast track me? Because I'm anointed, fast track me, God, right there, and just make me the king. Everybody already know I'm the king, God, just make me the king. God said, no, David, I'm going to have you running for some years. I want you to listen to me. Listen, listen to this. The bottom, remember this now. This is good. This will help you. Because it will bring some context to what you are personally experiencing in your life when you go through a time where you're faced with adversity and difficulty. The bottom did not fall off, off of David's life or out of David's life. Watch this. Until Saul, or until Samuel, I'm sorry, came and anointed him to be the king. Did y'all hear that? Let me say that again. The bottom didn't fall out of David's life until that man, Samuel, came with anointing oil and anointed him to be king. You see, before then, David had a great life. David was out there killing bears and killing lions. He was out in the backyard. In fact, when Samuel came looking for the next king, they said, don't you got another boy? Where he at? David was in his own world. They had to go get him. David wasn't seeking kings. David wasn't even, David was just out there having a blast. He was out there playing, you know, doing PlayStation, Xbox, all right? He was Facebooking, you know? He was out there, he was just sporting health, working out, you know? He was out there kickboxing and beating up a couple of lions and bears. David had a great life. Everything was going well for David. But, you know, you know, how, you know when you, Talk about you wanting to be great in the kingdom. It comes with a price. Mm. You see, the anointing is expensive. I hear people say all the time, God, I want you to use me. Be singing songs. Use me, Lord. Mm. But, you know, soon David got anointed. His life was turned upside down. Maybe you may be going through that. You say, well, as soon as I start doing the church things, trying to follow God, boy, it just seemed like my life got harder. Your life didn't get harder. Not really. It's just that God, because God is, you see, here's why I say, you say, Pastor, what do you mean? I understand what you're saying, but I'm looking at it through different lens. You see, when God is in the, in the see, before I was driving the car. And, 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 and see, and when I was driving the car, I thought I had this thing under control until I crashed and burned. Here's the problem. God ain't going to crash and burn you. Amen. you now, now, your flight going to be bumpy. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> You're going to experience some turbulence along the way. Amen. 
All right? There are going to be some times when you're going to feel like throwing up. How many of you ever been, had that kind of turbulence on there? You feel like throwing up. There are going to be times when you're going to feel like throwing up. But guess what? You ain't going to cry. There are no crashes in God. He takes you. Every time when God decrees a thing and says, I'm taking you here, he's taking you there. You remember he told the disciples, he says, look, I want y'all to wait right here and meet me on the other side. And then from, the, from there to where they were going, there was a big storm. And Jesus came and asked, why did you doubt? I told you that you were going to go to the other side. It was going to be stormy, but you're going to make it. Look at the neighbor and say, you're going to make it? You got to realize that you're going to make it. But the anointing cost. You see, it costs something to be great in God's kingdom. How many of you want to be great? Oh, how many of you want to be great? Lord, hear them. How many of you want to be great? Strap your seatbelts on, baby. It's going to get bumpy. You see, God knows what he's doing. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. I know this. I know my life. I'm not, no matter what the devil tried to tell me, God is not with you, God. I know that God is with me because God is not a man that he should lie. And I know he's going to take good care of me. And, and you know, all I need to do is stay the course. Don't try to bail. How many know if the plane is 30,000 feet and you try to jump out the plane, how many know that that's probably not going to be a good landing for you? <laughs> and many people, many Christians get that way. The ride get bumpy. Oh, I'm preaching real good this morning. The ride get bumpy, and many of us want to jump right up out of that. And some of us do. We jump right up out the plane. Because it got hard. It got difficult. The children of Israel, oh, God, oh, God, take me out of Egypt. Oh, God, it's terrible. What well, God started to bring them out? Oh, oh, God, there's too many gnats and bugs out here. It's in the desert. To take me back to Egypt. It's too hard. Well, what happened? I thought you wanted me to deliver. Yeah, God, I just wanted to do, to, do, to do it differently. I didn't, didn't expect it to be like that, God. See, I want you to see that, that the people of faith that we read about, the Bible, there's a scripture in the Bible that says this. Watch this. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that's come upon you. And, and what he's trying to say is that what you're experiencing Ain't no different than the saints of old and everybody else have to go through. Just a different face, a different time, different characters, but it's the same old beat. You got to learn and realize that if I'm going to be great, I don't want to, listen to me, how many of you have heard people say this? Oh, God, ah, ah, I mean, how many of you played that, 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 that lottery not too long ago? That was six million. Tell the truth. How many of you played the lottery? That was 600 million. How many of you played that lottery? Look at you. Look at you. Oh, they quiet. Oh, I know somebody. I know, the Holy Spirit, tell, I'm telling you, I'm prophetic. Somebody played the lottery up in here. Y'all just don't want to say it because you're scared. Thank you, brother. Mike just said, I got a second. Amen to play that lottery. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. You know, and, and you know, when people play the lottery, a lot of times, I'm not saying that people who played it here who thought this way, but a lot of times people think, man, if I played a lot, if I win the 600 million, uh, boy, I'll be ah, set. Everything would be just like I want. I have everything I need. Life would be great. Let me tell you something right now. I don't want to hit the lottery. You said you crazy. Call me crazy. It's a boring life to live if you have everything you want, everything perfect the way you want it, no problem, no issue. That's a little boring to me. Oh, but something about when you have to struggle, when, you, when your back is up against the wall and you don't know what to do and you got to call on the name of the Lord and you don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to get through it, but it's something about being, having your back up against the wall where you have to call on God to come and do some mighty deliverance where you got to trust God to bring you out. And how many know when God bring you out, God got some crazy ways of doing it. It'll keep you wide awake. I don't want things. I don't want, listen, after a while, I have enough vacation. I don't need to travel the world. The Bible said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And the Bible also said the meek shall inherit the earth. I don't care. I already got all that. 
I want to live a life of faith, baby. Show me some stuff where I got to trust God. I got to fight through some stuff. How many know I appreciate him more? I love him more. That's what God is trying to get. He's trying to bring you to a point where you love him, where you want nothing more than God. Can, why don't you, God, give me everything I want? Because I want you to trust me. I want you to love me. I want you to delight yourself in me. And the only way I can do that is I got to bring you to a place where you got to rely on me to bring you out. See, that's when the children of Israel was in the desert, people. That's what it was all about. God said, he said in Deuteronomy, I brought you all the way through this so that you may know that man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Because what God has for you is better. Everybody say better. better. Hey, it's always better. Because let me tell you, we're talking about eternity, baby. I tried that, done that. How I many know the world ain't, the world got nothing. Jesus says the world has nothing in me. I want to live a life where, where, you, know, you know, it's okay that it gets hard. Well, you know what, man? It's, it's hard, man. It's hard trying to plant a church. It's hard, man. It's hard to get. Okay, so what? Trust God. Pray. Get on your face. Do something. Believe God. Amen. How many know the saints of old, they believed? Amen. David believed in his God. You say, you want, look at this. Go, go with, real quick. I hate to do this, but look at 1st, 2nd Corinthians. I got a couple minutes. Look at 2 Corinthians, chapter number 11. You remember I said a moment ago that the anointing is expensive? How many of you know that the bottom fell out? <laughs> 2 Corinthians, chapter 11. How many of you knew that the bottom fell out when the apostle Paul became anointed to be the apostle to the Gentiles? Apostle Paul, he gets anointed to be the, the, I mean, think about it. Before then, Apostle Paul was, look, watch this. The Bible says that he was a Pharisee among the Pharisees. When, Paul, when people saw Apostle Paul, how you doing, Dr. Paul? Paul had his stuff. He had his, his stuff on, his ephod, his, his, his robe. Paul was a Pharisee. Every life was beautiful. All of a sudden, God knocks him off the dunk and said, look, I'm calling you to, be, to preach my gospel to the Gentiles. Right after that, man, boom, here it goes. Trouble. Everybody say trouble. trouble. Look, you don't believe me? Watch this. Look at verse 23. Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 11? Look at verse 22. Are they Hebrews? This is Paul talking. So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. I, watch this. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently. This is after he got anointed. And death often from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I, how many know Paul was keeping record? <laughs> Watch this. He said, I was stoned three times. I was shipwrecked. And a, a day and a night I've been in the deep. I've been lost out at sea. I don't know if you have you ever, ever been on a cruise. I love being, you know, and we, it, uh, cruise is great, but it's kind of funny at the same time because when you, when you ain't got nothing but water out there and you can't see no land, it's kind of scary because you really feel like you isolated. Paul said, I've been lost in the deep. What? It, it, look, he won't go on no vacation either. He was trying to preach the gospel. He said, I was shipwrecked. A night and day I've been in the deep. Verse 26. And journeys often, watch this, in perils or dangers of water, and dangers of robbers, and dangers of my own countrymen, and dangers of Gentiles, and dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers in the sea, dangers among false brethren, and weariness, and in toil, and sleeplessness, often, and hunger, and thirst. And listen, he won't fasting. He had no choice because he had no food. A man of God, anointed of God, called of God. Listen, is this what he's saying? He's in fasting often. Watch this, in cold and nakedness. Some of you right now say, but it's cold in here. This cold is a lot better than the kind of cold Paul had. Trust me, this ain't too bad. Warm up. <laughs> Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. This does not sound like a recipe for success, God. 
You call me to preach. This is hard. This is hard. But how many know that Apostle Paul is great in the kingdom? How many know that his reward is awesome? Because he was a man who was at the cutting edge of what God was doing, and yet he has some issues. Now, finally, David, David, the Bible says in verse 6 that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Let me give you some pointers here. David had no one else to turn, nowhere else to turn. We understand that. But here's the key. I want you to look at that verse 6, that last part of verse 6 in 1 Samuel chapter 30, where it says David encouraged himself in the Lord, his. Everybody say his. His God. You know what that means? That while everybody else was bitter and angry about this situation, David maintained a great attitude. He stayed in love with his God. See, when you say, see, there's one thing you say, man, you know, uh, when people say, man, the good Lord, man, the good Lord going to keep me. But you, you, can tell the, you can tell the difference between somebody who know the Lord and somebody who just got a far relationship with him. Because the people that really know him, they talk about, oh, my daddy, oh, the Lord. But the other folks, they, they say, well, I hope the good Lord. There's a difference. David maintained an intimate walk with God. You may find yourself a little bit discouraged. I hope that you're encouraged this morning because you're on the right track. You're doing real good. Amen. God is taking you someplace. You should be excited. Watch this. And, and so, 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 so David, he stayed intimate. He kept praying. He didn't stop talking to God. David added, David's attitude was not. Watch this. God, how could you? God, why is this happening to me? How many of you ever asked, ever asked that question? Come on, just like the lotto thing. Be honest. Amen. God, why me? Why not, why not brother so-and-so? Or, or why not heathen so-and-so? I mean, they don't go to church. They don't serve. They don't give. They do. God, why me? Because they ain't his kids and you are. That's why. Okay. <laughs> That'll preach right there by itself. You know, David's focus was, look, look at it. I got I to go back. Go back to 1 Samuel chapter 30. You should be already there. You should have never moved. I'm, I'm almost done. I, I really am. That's my first closing. I get three, but I'm going to take two. But it's it going to be short, I, I promise. Just, stay, just look, I, just give me a couple more minutes. Is that okay? Just a couple more. Just, just hang in there with me. Okay. Okay. This will help you. Okay. The Bible says, uh, somebody, put your clocks down. Put your watch down. I, see, y'all slick. Y'all can't get nothing in over me. Y'all want to. Now, is it. <laughs> so, David. Watch this. Look at verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. I don't know about you, but I see a warrior right there. I see a man that took a few hits, and instead of saying, Lord, why me? You know what David's first thing was? He got on his knees while everybody else was upset, mad, and blaming God. David got on his knees and said, okay, God, shall I go get him? Shall I over am, am I going to overtake him, Lord? Shall I get up? And, 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 and what did God say? David, go for it. And let me tell you something. See, we, we, we assume that, 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 that we read that passage that, you know, automatically, you know, God was just going to do this. But I like to think that it was something about David's faith that got a hold of God. Because the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And David's attitude was, in the midst of their discouragement, the pain, everybody else, David's attitude was, okay, God, What's, what, what's my next assignment? What else you got for me? Shall I get up, God? I mean, how do you know that sounds like a man who was still ready to fight? Do you got some fight in you this morning? I said, do you got some fight in you this morning? Yes. You ain't going to quit on God. What are you quitting for? You're a fighter. God made you to be an overcomer. No, the Bible says we're more than an overcomer. Why do you want to sit down and take your gloves off and sit down and whine and have a pity? Get up in Jesus' name. Stump your feet. Clap your hands. Shout unto God. Say victory. Say, Lord, I'm moving ahead. I'm going to take what's mine. Amen. That was the attitude of David. Amen. And God said to David, boy, I like that. You're going to get everything. Go, boy. Go, go. 
And, and, and the end of the story ends like this. Verse number 18 says, so David recovered all. Everybody say all. That the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking. Neither small or great sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. You know the most important thing that David recovered? Now, now watch this. He got his promise. David's calling was to be the king. I don't know what your calling is this morning, but God has called you to something great. But here's the problem. Take this word with you, write it down, remember it. Don't get stuck at zigzag. It's bigger than zigzag. What God is doing in your life. Some of us, you get stuck at, get, you, can't, you can't shake Ziglag. Shake it off. David looked at, see, David could have stopped right there and said, it is over, God. I'm tired of this. I'm done. And you know what? He would have never became the king of Israel. He would have never became the king. But because he looked at Ziglag and he said, no, no, I know what God's called me. I know God made me a promise. How many say God made you a promise? God made me a promise. God made me a promise. And Ziglag, you ain't going to stop me. Ain't nothing going to stop me from getting what God has for me. Not one thing. Not one disobedient child. Not one crazy worker. Not some crazy supervisor. Somebody laughed really, real big on that one. Nothing can stop you from getting what God, the only thing that can stop you is you. David encouraged himself. He recovered all because he walked by faith, not by sight. He trusted God. He maintained an intimate relationship. He didn't allow anger and bitterness to control his attitudes and actions. He didn't stop praying and talking to God. Don't stop talking to God when, you get, when you're going through it. He got up and he pursued. My second closing would take two seconds. I mean, 15, 30 seconds. God hands, God, watch this, God's hand was in David's situation all the while. We understand that. But here's what I want to encourage you to do this morning. Whatever you're going through, look for God's hand. Look for it. I promise you, if you look close enough, no matter how bad it is, you'll see God working in all of that. You'll see God's hand. How many know God's hand was always with David? Because you know why? Because the Amalekites didn't kill his children. They didn't kill his wife. They, David got back everything. How many know God's hand was there? God has been there all along. God wants you to know this morning he's with you. And he hasn't left you. David fulfilled his purpose. Why? Because he didn't get stuck at zigzag. Get over zigzag. Move on with your life. Fight, fight, fight. And don't quit. And look. Grab hold of your destiny and your purpose. And you don't let it go. You don't let it go. What God has put in your heart, it's going to come. It's going to come. God told, sent me here to tell you this morning, you're going to recover all. Everything you've been hoping and dreaming and believing God for, it's going to happen. Get over zigzag. It'll be okay. It's just a little bump in the road. You'll be fine. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you're listening this morning, you say, Pastor Gary, I, this, this was a great message. I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit closer to the Lord today, and I, I heard what you said, and, 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 and you know what? And, and, and the Lord's been calling, and he's been calling me. He's been dealing with me, and, and, and you know, and I'm tired. I'm worn, and, and you know, I need to take a step of faith this morning. I need to give my life to Jesus because the reality of it is, Pastor Gary, I haven't submitted my life to Christ. I've been trying to figure this stuff out on my own. I've been frustrated. I've been confused. And yes, I'm even at, I'm at a place where I've just kind of given up. If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, and you're saying, you're saying, Pastor Gary, I, I want to know that when I die, that I'm going to go to heaven. I want to know that when I die, that I'm going to spend eternity with him. If that's you this morning and you want to know for sure tonight, today, I plead with you. This is a great life. Jesus brought you here not by accident, but because he loves you. If you don't know him today, will you please give your life? Say, Pastor, I want to get saved today. Know I'm going to heaven and I'm willing to, I want to submit to his plan because his plan is the better plan. 
If that's you this morning and you want me to pray with you and you want to make that commitment today, slip your hand up. I just want to pray with you. I just want to pray with you. Is there one? Say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Is there one? As the praise team come, is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Hallelujah. You know you're right with God. He says today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. And maybe here you're here this morning and the Holy Spirit just reminded you of something today. You say, Pastor Gary, I'm a Christian. I've been walking with the Lord. But the reality of it is, is I got stuck at Ziglag. And, and Ziglag has been a place where I've been held captive and I can't get out. I've been stuck there. I've been mad. I've been bitter. I've been angry. Ziglag has caused me to move no further because I can't get out. But I'll, today is my day. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. That's all. I just want to pray with you. Let's slip your hand up. I see that one hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Is there anybody else this morning who would say that I've been stuck a zigzag? I've been feeling discouragement. I see that second hand. Amen. Amen, amen. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. Those who raise your hand, I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I relinquish my cares, my concerns, my frustrations to you. Lord Jesus, heal me. Give me the courage to fight. Strengthen me. My mind is renewed. My heart is renewed. I'm pressing forward onto victory. I'm obtaining my destiny and my purpose. I'm letting go so that you can take control. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What y'all got for us today, y'all? Well, we Not, just want you, you got to. Some upbeat? You we got? do. We just want you to be encouraged. Amen. Pastor has ministered an excellent word. We want you to leave here today being a fighter, being a warrior, Amen. knowing that you can win the battle, whatever's going on, that you can go to the place of zigzag and come out a winner, recover it all. Amen. 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 We want you to go out with a fighting spirit, a warring spirit. Amen. David was a warrior. Amen. 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 And that's what we want you to be. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's just sing. Come on. Anoint my head, anoint my feet, send your angels raining down here on the battleground. For your glory, we're taking territory, fighting unseen enemies like never before. We're waging war. Anoint my head, anoint my feet, your angels raining down here on the battleground. For your glory, for your glory, we're taking territory, fighting unseen enemies like never before. We're waging war. Never being defeated anymore. We're 
Let it rain. 